What was that? A poop bag. <laughs> I was going to go out and do poop patrol, and then I realized it was time to do the podcast, so I took it out of my bra. That's <laughs> where I keep shit, Chuck. Are you, are you recording? Yeah. Ah, good. Make sure to include that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be sure to keep that in there. And so hey, then I just want to welcome everybody to Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. How are you, Chuck? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. I'm glad it's Friday. Yeah, long week, huh? Yeah, it just seemed that way. Just seemed that way. And, you know, the lack of, um, well, I shouldn't say the lack of good movies, but, you know, there's just a sense that things are different, as we were talking about last week, this summer. Um, Just not stuff to get excited about. But I guess then that leaves you yourself open to being uh, surprised. And I think we were, weren't we? Uh, A little bit by one and a lot of bit by another this week. Yeah. What do you want to talk about first? Um, why don't we go ahead and start with, I think the one that you're disappointed in that I'm not is breaking. Would that be correct? Um, I'm not disappointed, but I think you liked it more than me. Okay. All right. Um, let's talk about this because this is based on the true story of a man named Brian Brown Easley played by John Boyega, who everyone I know is going to know from, uh, Star Wars, who plays Finn. I know him from Detroit. He had, I thought, an outstanding performance in that. Um, he plays an ex-Marine who is down on his luck. Um, and that's to say the least. He's actually on the precipice of, of going to a very dark place. He's um, on the verge of being homeless. His wife has left him. His daughter adores him, but he doesn't see her very often. He's lost his job. He's on disability. And he can't seem to get anything straightened out with the Veterans Affairs Department. And he's owed money and he he can't get a measly $800. And we see him with a backpack walking hesitantly into a Wells Fargo bank. And we know this isn't going to be good. And we think he's going to rob the bank, but we are surprised. He, does ha- he doesn't have any intention on robbing the bank. He takes two of the employees hostage and he wants the world to know his story and his story, although they don't, they don't say this blatantly to us, represents so many other veterans and so many people who have served our country and who are left just in the dirt with nothing. And they, they really do a good job of poignantly showing us what has happened in his life and how he, he got to this point and we're through flashbacks. We see him at the um, Department of, of Veterans Affairs and, and all the many people, just, just numbers waiting in line. Their, their lives, their names are seemingly meaningless when they are not. This one gets me choked up. And I think it is. A, it does. I mean, it's really a, a powerful film about how our country has, has really done a disservice to these men and women. I thought it was gripping. I thought the editing was extraordinary as we we saw what was happening inside of this bank and the two women, uh, Rosa and um, I think her name was Estelle and how they are trying to be strong. They have two totally different personalities and how they handle this. Estelle is played by Nicole Bahari and wow, what an extraordinary performance she has. And it's so complicated. Every single one of these characters, we basically have three main characters, Brian, um, Rosa, and Estelle. Rosa's played by Salinas Leva. 
again, evocative performances. I was on the edge of my seat throughout all of this. And at the end, seeing how things, you know, to, and today have turned out for Brian Brown Easley and his family is heartbreaking. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's a shame that we have to be talking about this. It's a shame that um, this is the type of movie that needs to be made um, because this is, this is nothing new, unfortunately, the way these uh, people are treated. And it's, it's, you know, that we're still having to discuss this is, is a blight on the country. Um, I wasn't as, this was no dog day afternoon. It was no John Q as far as the suspense was concerned. I kind of knew where this was headed. Not because I read ahead or knew the story, but just you could tell where it was going. But you're right, the three performances, my God, Boyega, I never knew he had it any. I mean, he just breaks your heart here, yeah. uh, right and left. And I mean, he's just so intense and you're in his corner from the start. And the two women as well, that you mentioned. Um, I know the one actress, Selena's Leva from uh, Orange is the New Black. Okay. Uh, she was in that and she did a fine job there, but completely different here. And Nicole Berea, I didn't know anything about her. Mm-hmm. And she was incredible too. I, I will look for their names now Absolutely. Uh, on other movies that are coming up. Um, you know, I fear this is not going to be a big box office hit, which is too bad uh, because, you know, this is a, a message and a, and a story that needs to be, be heard. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a solid film. I didn't love it. I think you were more into it than I did. Uh, but Boyega, he's kind of challenging uh, Denzel here, I thought, throughout. And that's not to take away from his performance. Right. But I just kept seeing that, you know. I, some of his mannerisms and his speech style are very similar to yeah. Denzel. And I saw that same similarity between the two of them. Um, and man, if John Boyega can have any kind of a career like Denzel Washington, he's he's got a lot of great things ahead of him. He, he's going to be okay. Yes, yeah, he will be, right. be absolutely <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, uh, what else do you want to talk about? I want to talk about Adopting Audrey. Great. A small film that people need to know about, and that's our job, is to tell people about these small ones that get brushed aside. Uh, stars Jenna Malone who I had the uh, privilege of interviewing. It'll be on our CI Living Show on WCIA on Monday, uh, August 28th, I believe that is, 29th. And this is a true story as well. I mean, I had, did you know that you could be adopted as an adult? No, I did not. And, and, and this story, who's adopting home? <laughs> you know? right, 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 exactly, exactly. And, you know, it's, it's the old thing about when you adopt a dog, you know, you see the bumper sticker, who saved who. Right. Um, but I thought that was interesting that you, you there's this service that adults can ado- adopt other adults. And there was an interesting little moment where you saw a couple testimonials as to why families would want to do this. Older couples who never had children or uh, older couples whose children have gone away. And it's like, well, that's, that's kind of an interesting concept. And this woman named Audrey, um, she, she's just, boy, bad streak of luck. Bad streak <laughs> yeah. of luck. Uh, got a crappy boyfriend who dumps her. She gets uh, uh, fired from this job that she's bored at. I mean, let's not make any doubts about it. She loses her home. And her parents inexplicably just don't want to have anything to do with her. And I wish there were a little bit more about that. Um, she'll make phone calls. No one answers. Uh, she tries to do something cute on Mother's Day via FaceTime. Uh, mom, you know, shoots her down. 
So she's very lonely and she stumbles upon this ad for this type of service where adults can adult adults. And she gets matched up with a family. The woman's name is Sunny. And she, you know pretty soon seeing this family, something's wrong. And the man's name is Otto. And talk about an odd couple. <laughs> just an odd couple. You, they're both on their second marriages, obviously. And this, this just doesn't, they don't mesh for some odd reason. And Otto's very cold. He's mm. a genius. He's very mm. analytical. He just looks at the facts of things. And he, uh, feeling, he does a lot of grumbling. He's mm. a lot of grunting, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. The feelings <laughs> of others and his own feelings mean nothing to him. And he's alienated his own kids. Um, and Sonny says at one point, I did this for him right. as far as bringing Audrey in. And you're wondering, well, what the heck is this? And she's trying to see, make Otto see what he's done, how to treat Audrey better, and in hopes of then treating his own children better. And Audrey picks up on this pretty quickly. And and she ingratiates herself by it. She's going to fix the treehouse that's been in disrepair for years for Otto's grandchildren. And uh, that leads some, to some complications as well. Yeah, the thing I liked about this movie was how subtle it is. You know, this is a movie that could have, you know, the big lush score telling us how to feel and the, and the weepy moments and stuff like that. And it's very wise in the way it doesn't do that. I it agree. Holds, it holds things back. And that makes it so much more meaningful once we get to where we're going. This could have easily been picked up by Hallmark and gone down the wrong direction. Exactly. But it, right. but it didn't. This is a beautifully contemplative, thoughtful film that draws us into Audrey and all of the characters and reminds us how important family is and how to feel a connection with others and have roots. Um, I loved it. I thought it was beautiful. And Jenna Malone, my God, I cannot wait to see your interview with her because what a performance and why don't we see her on the screen more often? Well, you know what? I didn't realize, but she's in uh, that uh, TV show on Amazon, uh, Goliath. Oh, okay. Billy Bob Thornton, which okay. I've been meaning to watch. <laughs> and if you look at her filmography, it seems though she does something like that to pay and do other small movies like this. Because she did another one similar to this a year or two ago called Lorelei. Yes. Uh, that yes. I interviewed for her for as well. So uh, she's very smart. And she's one of the executive producers on this film, uh, Adopting Audrey. So I think she's kind of taking control of her career. And she, she's really smart about it. And, you know, the ending, that last scene, it threw me for a minute. Really? And I was like, wait a second, wait a second. And then I was like, okay. I see what they're doing uh, on re reflection. It's like, okay, that's the perfect way to end this movie. So if right. you watch this, don't be turned off by it. Just stop and think. I don't think they could have ended it really any other way now that I think about it. I thought it was perfect. But, I thought it was a perfect yeah, this, ending. <laughs> yeah, this is on video on demand. I mean, seek this one out. You'll feel better. You'll feel better about yourself after you watch it. I did. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm glad that you loved it as much as I did. And I'm so thrilled that you were able to have an interview with this talented young woman. Me too. Me too. It was a good one. It was a conversation, not an interview. Like you and I say, that's what we want. Right. What else do we have? Um, there were uh, two movies that I didn't really like. Uh, Funny Pages. Did you get to that one? I did not. I did not. Tell us about yeah. that. Oh, I... It's a strange movie. It's directed by a guy named Owen Klein, Kevin Klein's son. Oh, 
Okay. Kevin Klein and Phoebe Cates, her son, their son. And it's about a, a high school artist who wants to break into underground comics. And he stumbles upon this former uh, cartoonist who's very disturbed, very disturbed. And he wants this guy to teach him the rules of the, or, or the tricks of the trade. And he's very talented. The kid's very talented. But, you know, he knows he needs to refine some certain things. And the relationship these two form is so strange, so strange. The, uh, the artist named Wallace is, is, is prone to violent, uh, manic outbursts at the most inopportune time. And initially, it's a little funny. And then it gets real uncomfortable really, really fast. And it's a dark comedy. And it reminded me just how, what a fine line that is between comedy and cringe, comedy and uncomfortable. And for me, this one went into uncomfortable far too often than comedy. Uh, It's a did did it do that more so than I love my dad, because that was totally cringeworthy. Um, very similar. But even okay. a little bit more because this one turns violent. Okay. So there's that aspect as well. Okay. Um, I, I admired it for the chances it took. I think this Owen Klein is going to be a good filmmaker. Uh, but it made me feel uncomfortable. And in a sense, that was what he wanted. So in a sense, he did achieve that. But you know, it wasn't something you throw in on a Friday night after a hard week. <laughs> You know what I mean? Okay. Yes, I do. So funny pages approach that with, you know, with caution. Okay. All right. Did you get a chance to see the Netflix movie Me Time? No. Did you? I did, actually. Is that the Kevin Hart, uh, Mark Wahlberg thing? It is. It is. Um, and this one is one of those kind of movies that you can just pop in on a Friday night because you don't have to think too much. Um This is uh, from the uh, writer and director of Along Came Polly and I Love You Man, that kind of of theme. Um, And it stars Kevin Hart as Sonny Fisher, who's married to Maya, played by Regina Hall. And the two, um, she's the architect, she's the breadwinner, and Kevin Hart's character of Sonny stays home with the kids. He's Mr. Mom and he's good at it. He runs the PTA, he does the talent show, he coordinates everything, he, you know, takes great care of those kids, and he keeps that house running perfectly. Uh, well, he's got this friend named Huck, high school friend played by Mark Wahlberg. And we get a glimpse into how crazy uh, Huck is and how he always pulls Sonny into these crazy antics like jumping off of mountaintops with those flying squirrel outfits on. Um, he's nuts. He, he's a risk taker and Sonny is not. Well, the two of them kind of fall out, but they come back together again and um, they go on a, a guy's vacation with a bunch of other people. And while uh, Maya has taken her children on a vacation by herself, she gets a dose as to what it means to be a stay-at-home mom and, and to take care of the kids. And Sonny... Sonny Sonny is in way over his head. This is a silly farcical movie. Um, It goes, it goes into, I don't know, potty humor, a lot of potty humor. Um, 
I think that's where it kind of loses me because there are some really nice little nuggets and I'm going to put air quotes around that. And if you watch the movie, you'll understand why of, of information about how difficult it is to be a stay at home mom or a stay at home dad and the importance of that and how, you know, it's, it's, I think it's an underrated position and undervalued position as to how difficult it is and how important it is to be there for your kids. Um, so I really liked that message. And then, you know, there's always a come to Jesus kind of moment in these kinds of movies, like, oh, I've learned my lesson and I shouldn't have gone out with, with Huck and I wasted our money. And, you know, what was I thinking? And this is all in front of a school play, spoiler alert, if you, if you want to put earmuffs on or fast forward. Um, but it's, it's, it's so inappropriate. It's like, he's like the best dad and he's raising his kids so wonderfully, but yet he's talking about scratching his ass and rubbing his balls and, and, you know, taking a shit on somebody's bed. And these are the words that he's using in front of all these kids in, in the school. And you know that he wouldn't do that. So it was kind of out of character. It's those kind of moments that kind of lost me. It could have been much funnier um, or it could have just been much raunchier, but it was down the middle. Mm-hmm. And and you got to like, commit. Who's, yeah. Who's your target audience here? You know, I mean, do you want to have a nice message here and have it be a fun movie? Or do you want to go total raunchy and just, you know, go hook those people that like that kind of stuff? And that's fine. But they didn't pick. So I'm on the fence with that one, um, which is too bad because I I liked a lot of it, but not enough of it to recommend it. Was it that was it on that movie that they had a stuntman get killed? Oh, I don't know. I, I thought I read that. Um, I'm, I'm going to try and look it up okay. real quick. But I thought that they had an accident uh, on that uh, on a Kevin Hart film, um, and that um, the guy died. Okay, I could be wrong. Kevin Hart. <laughs> Thank you, Internet. No. 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 Good. Nobody died. <laughs> No one died. That's good. Good. Okay. So Chuck had a mini stroke here. That's fine. (laughs) That's all right. Early onset Alzheimer's. I got you covered. (laughs) Hey, I finished uh, Only Murders in the Building. Good. And I think you were ahead of me on this one. Yeah. So much fun. I think I enjoyed this season more. I think everybody enjoyed this season more. I think they really had a grasp as to where they were going and what they wanted to do. And they went full force with this. And I would say that if you have not watched Only Murders in the Building on Hulu, the episodes are only half hour. You're only two seasons out. You're going to want to get caught up because they set up for season three. Oh, my God. Don't they? It looks fantastic. <laughs> I cannot wait uh, until this comes around. And I believe that this is going to be the last season. Okay. They're only going to do right. it three. So, But the setup, if you're a Paul Rudd fan, all I got to say is get caught up quick. <laughs> I laughed so hard all season long. I, I, I sometimes I'm so a lot of times so grateful that we do what we do, Chuck, because we get all of these things early. So mm-hmm. I feel like watching all of season three before everybody else I can. And Kristen, I'm sorry, I didn't wait for you to watch this, but I had to, I binge watched the whole thing because I loved every moment of it. And then these are the kinds of things where you're like, oh, it's over. And now I have to wait, you know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of shows now. 
I need to start something else here. All right. Uh, well, so, we'll, so, we'll see what we can find for you. But I'm, in sure, the, I'm sure there's something out there. There's got to be something, <laughs> I, right? I think there is. I definitely think there is. Have you have you started watching Trying? Do you know that show on Apple? I have not started watching it. I think you and Beth would really enjoy that. I I loved it. I loved doing that interview in Chicago for. I say you hosted the two people in, in Chicago for yeah. an in-person uh, event. It was it was an incredible event. Two very down to earth um, people, uh, Rafe Spall and Esther Smith, star in this. And wow, what incredibly talented and eloquent! Oh my God, some of the answers that each of them gave me were just mind blowing and so relevant. And so, you know, whether you have kids or not, or you're in a in a relationship, you can relate to all of the scenes that are there. It's just, it's really well done. Quirky characters and family, everyone's dysfunctional to some degree, which is so very true. <laughs> so they're both English actors, right? Yes, they are. And that's why you got eloquent, well thought out questions, answers. <laughs> right, right. If only yeah, the questions exactly. were as eloquent, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I would highly recommend starting that one if you need a series to watch. Mm-hmm. What else we got? I think that's about it for this week. Kind of a light week, right? It's a strange week. Yeah, yeah. And next week is kind of kind of touchy as well. Next week, we've got Gigi and Nate about a uh, Capucin monkey that is used to help a paraplegic teenager. Okay, I, that one was like not on my radar at all. <laughs> I will send you the link so you can get a link. Please do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul is next yeah. week. I'm excited about uh, that one. And maybe we will both get to 3,000 Years of Longing with Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton. That hit theaters this week. We didn't quite catch with, so uh, maybe we'll catch up and talk about that one next week. Then. That sounds like a plan, Stan. All right. Um, I think that we need to um, give away. I have phantom of the open to give away and i have some swag to give away i have little popcorn microwave popcorn things to give away we are going to pick three lucky people to receive something this week so i'm putting your name into a hat literally (laughs) if you share our podcast share let us know that you shared i'm putting your name in and you have a chance of winning one of these three great things always winners always winners thanks for listening everybody yep see you soon I'm